Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. It's pretty unlikely that any of you went into the profession of teaching because you love writing lesson plans. None of us likely went into this job because paperwork is our jam and we love writing IEPs and we just want to memorize every standard that's part of the Common Core, but it is part of the job. Just like a doctor didn't become a doctor because they love writing prescriptions. No, but that's part of helping people. A doctor becomes a doctor because they want to help people, and part of helping people might be writing them the medication that they need. So they have to be good at figuring out what medication a patient needs and how to prescribe it appropriately. It's the same thing with our lesson plans. We need to be good at figuring out what goes on those lesson plans and how to appropriately write a lesson plan so it's helpful on a day-to-day basis, but it's not insanely time-consuming. One, we don't have the extra prep time during the week to write those lesson plans. And then two, we don't have the time during the day to reference those lesson plans to utilize them. So we need a lesson plan system that is easy to utilize and easy to create. We want it to be efficient and effective. Efficiency is like my mantra in a lot of areas of the special educator's job. And it's not because I want the easy way out. It's just because we have so much to do that we need to be able to do the different parts of our jobs quickly and well. So there tends to be two groups of teachers when it comes to lesson plans. 
One group of teachers is required to turn in lesson plans on a regular basis. They do that consistently. They need those lesson plans. They utilize those lesson plans. It's required by their school. And then there's another group of teachers that it's not required. No one asks them. No one seems to care. So they don't do them. And people kind of tend to be really tied to whatever group they fall into because that's what they're used to. So to my first group of teachers, the group of teachers that already write lesson plans, you are required to turn lesson plans in by your principal. Awesome. That's great. Hopefully that lesson plan template is useful to you. If you just turn in lesson plans because you're asked to, but you don't utilize them on a daily basis, stay tuned because I really want to talk to you about ways to make sure that those lesson plans are effective and helpful on a day-to-day basis. To the second group of teachers, to the teachers that are not required to turn in lesson plans to the principals, I absolutely get it. No one's trying to add more paperwork to their life. And if your principal is not requiring you to do something, then why are you going to do it if no one's going to check? I absolutely get it. But I want to talk to you about the importance of the lesson plan and why it's going to make you better at your job and make your job easier. So there's three important reasons why I think lesson plans are really helpful. One is decision fatigue. This is something that I honestly really struggle with on a daily basis. Sometimes at the end of a workday, I am just exhausted. And yes, this field can be exhausting, but I'm exhausted from making decisions. And we don't realize what a mental strain that puts on us when we're having to every few minutes make a decision, make a decision, make a decision. That's draining and tiring. When you have a lesson plan, you don't have to make the decision of what do I do next? What do I do with this group? What should Johnny be working on next? What activity is the best for this group of students? Because it's already decided for you. In the middle of a busy day when there's a lot of things going on and a lot of different moving pieces in your classroom, it's hard to make those in-the-moment decisions. So the lesson plan will give you that template and that guide, and it will tell you what to do. And you will have already spent the time making those decisions in a thoughtful way. So you don't have to worry about it at 11.22 when there's a crap ton of things going on in your classroom because the decision's already made about what you should be doing at 11.22. You don't have to worry about thinking about it in that moment. The second reasons why lesson plans are really important is accountability. So in our day and age of due processes and lawsuits and audits and all of those fun things, sarcasm, obviously, we need to be make sure that we are accountable for every minute in our classroom and for every aspect of our students' education. So if someone were to come into your classroom, you are able to stand by exactly what you are doing. You are able to be accountable for you and your paraprofessionals' choices. You are able to give your administrators a very thorough and holistic viewpoint of exactly what's going on in your classroom, there's no room for misunderstanding because it's all written out. The IEP goals are in there, independent work is in there, all of your important components of your classroom are written down. They're not stuck in your head somewhere, they're put on paper. So if anyone calls that into question, you have something to back up your stances. 
The third reason that lesson plans are really helpful in your classroom is for staff management. It's a lot easier to manage staff when you have a plan. So you can hand out lesson plans to your staff. They all know exactly what's going on. And there's also just less discussion during the school day. As kids are transitioning centers, you don't have to direct paraprofessionals on what activity to do or what group to work with next because it's all written out. Our classrooms can get pretty loud sometimes when you have a bunch of kids and a bunch of staff, and sometimes that noise level can get very overwhelming for our kids that have high sensory needs. And I've talked to a lot of teachers that vent about how much their staff talks and they have to talk. Well, a really great way to cut down on all of that chatter is to have the plans written out in the form of a lesson plan that you can hand your staff at the start of the week or the start of the month so everyone's on the same page. And again, there's less opportunities for misunderstandings because it's written out. There's no, well, I thought I should have been doing this or I thought you wanted me to do that because it's written on a piece of paper. So it's pretty concrete and straightforward of where and when you want each of your staff members to be doing something. Thing. Okay, so maybe I've sold you on lesson plans being important and helpful, but let's address the challenges to this because writing lesson plans for a self-contained class or a resource room or an inclusion position are way easier said than done. I joke that we have to write lesson plans for pronouns and potty training in the same five minutes. How can you possibly write a plan including such a wide range of of ages and skill levels and different subjects and centers and staff, kind of wrapping your brain around the logistics of all that is confusing on its own. So the way that this is going to work is to create a simplified template, something that does not take a lot of time to complete on a weekly or monthly basis. If it takes too long, you will eventually stop doing it or start creating shortcuts where it's no longer effective, meaning you will be copying the week befores and just changing a few things and not really caring. Because let's be realistic about how much time you wanna dedicate on a weekly or monthly basis to writing lesson plans. You are not going to dedicate five hours a week to writing lesson plans. You just don't have enough time. There's too many other important parts of your job. So figure out a template that will be easy to repeat. Don't get overly ambitious here. The goal is consistency and usefulness. You want to be able to consistently use this lesson plan throughout the whole year, and you want to maintain that this lesson plan is useful on a daily basis. So for this simplified lesson plan template, you want to start with your staff and student Excel or Google Drive schedule. I have a few blog posts that I'm going to link in the show notes about how to create this. If you don't have this type of Excel schedule already, I really encourage you to make this first because your lesson plan is basically going to be a detailed and expanded version of your schedule because you want to look at your schedule and think about what parts of your day you need to plan. There's going to be two different components to this simplified lesson plan template. And I like to call these two kind of components of your lesson plan, the static lesson plans and then the center-based lesson plans. There are some parts of your day that will likely stay the same every day. Things like circle time, morning meeting, independent work, maybe fluency instruction or lunchtime. The exact activities that you do on a day-to-day basis in independent work, yeah, those activities will change, but it's more or less the same 
kind of center. You're always going to do work tasks or at center time, we're always going to do these same three rotation of leisure activities. At circle time, we always do songs and a game and number and letter of the day. Yes, those times are addressing IEP goals. They are addressing standards, but you don't have to plan for a different activity every day. For those static components of your classroom, write out the procedures, the activities, align those activities to your standards and your goals, and have those be an unmovable part of your lesson plan where it stays the same every week or every month because those are still valuable learning parts of your day, but you don't need to plan for a new activity every day. The other part of your lesson plan is the center-based lesson plans or the flexible lesson plans, things that are going to change every day. So in your small group instruction, when you have a component of your day where kids are rotating between working with you, working with paraprofessionals, working independently, when kids come to work with you or paraprofessionals, there will likely be different activities you do every day with them. When Johnny and Sarah and Alex come to your table, you're going to be working on categorizing. But when Sarah and Bob come to your table, you're working on guided reading groups. And today, you're working on a chapter book of letter F, and you're working on answering WH questions after the chapter book, a specific activity. So within those types of activities and centers, you want to plan every day what you're going to do with each group. I really like approaching this component of lesson planning on a monthly or weekly basis. And this can be something really simple. I like to print a blank calendar and just write in exactly what activities I'm doing for each group. So that might mean you need five different blank calendars. You need a calendar for each group that comes to you and write in exactly what activities you do and have some type of code later where you align them to standards and goals. But you want to have a spot where you can glance on Tuesday morning at 1122 when that group comes to sit down and you know exactly what you are going to do with them. Planning it on a weekly or monthly basis is helpful because you can look at the overall time period. In the next three weeks, what do I want to accomplish with this group? And you can spend some time focusing on the goals and standards related to the concepts that those kids are working on and either creating or pulling activities you already have and just dropping them into different slots on your calendar. So think about approaching it in that kind of time blocking way where you sit down once a month or once a week and create those lesson plans for the next week or several weeks at one time for those specific centers. For these center-based lesson plans, you want to make sure, obviously, they are aligned to your students' IEP goals and your state standards. I really recommend creating a bank of your students' IEP goals written in short and sweet non-IEP English and a bank of relevant standards. That way you can easily, if you're on Google Drive, you can photocopy and drop those in. You can create an additional sheet that just has for each week, the aligned goals and standards. It might not be something that you need to reference on a daily basis, but again, for that accountability piece, you're gonna wanna ensure that that is written down somewhere. So whether that's on the back of your calendar, whether that's on a separate page in your Google Drive document, but it's somewhere that's written that, hey, the week of December 7th, these are the IEP goals we're targeting, these are the standards that our activities are aligned to. So think about a way 
way to set that up where it's not time consuming, but you can easily pull those relevant goals, those relevant standards and align them to your activities for accountability purposes. So I keep mentioning creating this simplified template and these ideas that I'm talking about of having, you know, a static lesson plan and a center-based lesson plan is something that's created specifically by you. The organization, the layout is what you would think would make the most sense for your class, whether that's a calendar for each group or a Google Drive for each month with a folder for each month, whatever makes the most sense to you. So if you are in a school where there already is a template that you have to fill out, I would imagine that it's somewhat unlikely that that template is going to be helpful to you because those templates were probably created with a gen ed classroom in mind where more activities are done whole group and it might not lend itself to the complexities of your classroom. So if you were in a situation where you were kind of handed a format that you have to follow and you're struggling to make that format work for your room, my recommendation would be to create your own option to figure out ways to pull all those components that are from that template that was given to you and put it in a way that makes sense. Maybe it makes sense to, you know, have calendars for each month. Maybe it makes more sense to align it by each student or group. Figure out an alternative and then approach your administrator with that option. I highly recommend when you go to your administrators with a problem that you come with a possible solution. Your principal and your vice principal and your special ed director are busy people. They've got a lot of things on their plate. And when you come with a problem, they might be likely to say no because they just don't want to deal with it because they don't have time. Not that they're a bad person. They just have a lot of things to do. But if you come with a problem and a reasonable solution, they're going to be a lot more likely to say yes. So if you're struggling with that lesson plan format, create your own alternative and bring it to them and ask if you can use that instead. Lesson plans aren't particularly exciting. I get it. Maybe you weren't like super excited to click on this podcast episode because you were like, oh, lesson plans. But you were also like, oh, lesson plans, I probably should get better at that. It's not something that maybe we enjoy doing, but making sure you have a system to accomplish a simple and useful lesson plan on a regular basis will make you a better teacher. You won't worry about decision fatigue because the plan will be there for you. You won't have to delegate to staff throughout the day because they will already have the plan that you gave to them. And you won't ever have to worry about someone not knowing what's going on in your classroom because you will have already given your administrators your lesson plans and they will know exactly what you are doing. So for those three reasons alone, it's important to figure out a great way to write simplified and useful lesson plans. It will also help ensure that you're reminded on a regular basis of your students' IEP goals and of those standards. Having a regular review of that can be really helpful because midway through the school year, we've got a lot of IEP goals to memorize and a lot of IEP goals to keep in the forefront of our head. And it's easy to forget what some of those IEP goals might be. So it's a nice way to refresh and remind yourselves of the different IEP goals of each of your students. So if lesson planning is not something you love, don't worry, you might not ever love it, but just figure out a good system that you can consistently follow the whole year, and I promise it won't be as big of a struggle as it seems to be. 
If you would have told me a few years ago that my favorite part of my job is getting up in front of sometimes a few hundred people and giving a presentation on data or behavior academics, I would have thought you were crazy. I did not always like public speaking. Actually, to be totally honest, public speaking was something I used to be pretty afraid of. But now it's literally my favorite part of my job. I love being in a room of my people, of the special ed world, teachers and parents and clinicians, and everyone that's on the front lines that's working so hard for our students to give them the best opportunities and the best classroom experience. I love being in a room of everyone that understands how hard this job can be, but also how amazing it is and how important those little victories are on a daily basis. When I do a PD, my goal is to bring value. I want to bring action items, ideas and strategies that you can do tomorrow in your classroom. I have sat through too many professional developments that either didn't apply to me or were too hypothetical and philosophical, and my special ed heart always wanted to know, what do I do next? What do I do tomorrow? If you are interested in learning more about how I can come to your school to do a professional development, please visit theautismhelper.com backslash speaking. There's a contact form as well as a lot of information about all of the different sessions I give. I'm happy to answer any questions and work with your school district. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.